Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast and happy, happy hump day. A great day of the week, a great day to be alive. Spotify Unwrapped is here. It's a great day. I'm gonna have a good day. I don't know why, but it feels like love's coming my way. And I'm here too. So true. (laughs) So true, I'm here too, yes. You are here. As well. Not even as well, primarily. Stop. Primarily, you're here. Primarily, I'm here. Wait. And it's going to be a good day. I wrote down two things that I wanted to talk to you about on air. Oh, wow. Jump right in. Okay. The first thing is the craziest thing happened to me this morning. Okay. (laughs) So I was walking to work and I walked past my old building. And my route doesn't usually take me there, but I don't know. I felt pulled. And I was waving. You know, I saw my one of my favorite doormen. And he came outside and we were chatting and he's like, congratulations. And I was like, on what? He was like, you're pregnant. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he was like, what? I'm like, where did you hear that? He's like, I don't know. People are starting rumors about me in my old building. Wow, the rumor mill. I wonder where that came from. I know. Like, it didn't come from this world. No. Of like, your social media. No. Someone is spreading lies about me again. Okay, as far as lies go, they could be saying much worse things. They have, but I just thought that was interesting. And that's the craziest thing that's happened. Thus far today at 9 a.m., yeah. And what was the second thing? Just like something I found out last night that I cannot believe you didn't tell me. Ooh, am I in trouble? No, no, just like something kind of major happened to you and you didn't share with the class. Do you want to think for a second? (laughs) Is it about my car? Yes! So Shapiro, Olivia's husband, is in New York for work. I think he's actually already gone. But he came over last night to see Theo and just hang out. And we were talking, you know, about football and just life, catching up. And he just very quickly mentioned that he was able to get this, like, dent out of your car using rubbing alcohol. And I was like, wait. Not a dent, like a scratch yeah. with alcohol. And I'm like, wait, what? I knew nothing about this car crash. Not a crash. So here's what happened. I've been driving more, everyone. Kessler and I are back together. Yesterday was my first jaunt to like relatively far and back and and I made it. But um, Zach uses my car too sometimes like because I prefer it. And he parked my car in the garage and it wasn't charging. So I just need to like say that because sometimes you have to park it there to charge. Right. So you're saying like you got in the accident in the garage and if it hadn't been in the garage, which it didn't even need to be, you wouldn't have gotten in the accident. Therefore, the accident is Zach's fault. No, I'm just saying like he parked it in the garage. So I didn't park it there because you could ask if you parked it there, how come you couldn't get it out? By the way, your Tesla's like always parked in the garage. No, only when it's charging and it wasn't charging. He just likes parking in the garage sometimes, but like wasn't, you know, considering I might not know how to back out. And it was tight on one side and I was squeezing through. And then I realized, oh, I might be like touching because I didn't hear anything. But then I saw the like rubber of the garage door Mm -hmm. was like bending. Mm. So, I mean, thank God Tesla doesn't have like handles that come out. Oh, you were you were finished. So I managed to get out of the garage, but I did do a little damage to the car. But Shapiro said it looked brand new, like his rubbing alcohol got the the scratch right out. The scratch out, but there is a little bit of a dent, I'm not going to lie. But I think there's like companies that can just like pull the dent out. I mean, you can also like take a plunger. Yeah, there's companies that like do that more professionally, but it is pretty elementary. They just like pull the dent. Yeah, 
So I just thought I could also see them making it worse. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because I have been in one, you know, fender bender in my life and who was riding shotgun and in my opinion, partially to blame for the fender bender in the ShopRite parking lot, you. And so we just kind of have this history and this connection and the fact that you're, you know, a new driver, this happened to you and you didn't share it with me. Like I'm hurt, honestly. I don't know. I guess I'm supposed to make a bigger deal out of it because my husband was like, freaking out about the car and I just I'm just not attached to material things like that no okay, I feel so that my car has a dent honestly it was about time I'm a really bad driver yeah and I will say I've driven the Tesla once and I did pull it out of your garage and it was one of the scarier moments of my life it's very tight I don't even blame you at all new driver old driver it's tough yeah like there's a reason that wasn't for me but um I had to do it. I actually, I don't even think I'm a bad driver. I don't drive enough to be a good or a bad driver. Inexperienced driver. I'm inexperienced. Yeah, but when I'm out on the road, it's not like I'm terrible. I'm just like nervous. Yeah, do you think like the other drivers can feel that sort of nervous energy from you? Because when I was like a new driver, I would be like, everybody knows I'm new. Yeah, well, for a while I had my sticker on the back of my car, like student driver. (laughs) But then when Zach started driving my car, um he took it off Mm -hmm. and so like I just feel like I kind of have my training meals off yeah and I'm just like nobody knows what they're next to but then I was driving with fellow drivers yesterday and people were like zooming past Mm. and just like everybody seemed to really know what they were doing and then I like looked in the cars it's so interesting and it just like wasn't what I thought I thought it was you know gonna be like biker vibes like because they're driving so fast Kia Soul and I'm going crazy yeah but it's kind of just like old people and mothers they're like fathers. driving just like they're driving just like me close to the wheel yeah. we're all in the same boat that's beautiful so you've officially popped your your cherry and also whenever I drive somewhere and I arrive like I tell everyone who I'm with like about my experience and I've realized like so many other people have driving things too like I talk about how like when I'm turning I always want to know where my next turn is so I can get into the right of lane course in the initial turn and that's kind of like something that everybody's doing because we're all kind of hating changing lanes. changing lanes is definitely the worst and I think a safe bet is to always go in the middle yes but if you can predict your next turn and it's not too far down you can turn into that lane. yeah we call that a wide turn yeah, or I have to get in the left lane because I'm making a left turn. So I like the Tesla because it lets me know where my next turn is, I'm, too. I love that for you. You know, I it's was a little bit of a cheat. I was in a Tesla yesterday mm-hmm. with the nicest driver. We were so connected, you know? <laughs> and it was when I was with Theo. I picked him up from the vet. He had a good appointment oh. at the vet yesterday. So he was asking me about Theo. And I'm at the point now where I just tell literally anyone who listens about what I'm dealing with. And when we just got to talking about cancer, you know, his daughter-in-law's mother has cancer and it's been really hard on his family. And then he told me he's from Afghanistan. And we actually talked a little bit about Israel-Palestine. And it was just like a lovely... And then, and then it started to snow. It snowed yesterday in New York for all of five minutes. I saw your story. And we were talking about the snow and it was just kind of like a magical ride. I don't know. I'm maybe I'm so I'm so desperately seeking signs right now. Like I'm taking everything as a sign. I'm like, oh my god, this light turned yellow when I got here. Theo's cancer is gonna slow down. Like I'm literally insane, desperately seeking signs. And I but I, I do think that that driver, like he was just he had a light about him. You know? That's beautiful. Yeah. What was his sign? Or was he just there to provide solace? He just had like this warm voice. And I don't know. I He was, and then he was like telling me he's having this issue with a customer service rep. Like we were giggling. Like I'm telling you, 
It was a sign. Maybe it was the Tesla. Right. Maybe it was the, the ambient. Tesla. What kind of Tesla did he have? It looked kind of just like yours, but I think it was black. A lack of tests. Lack of tests. So, so he, the model Y is what I have. Sure. Um, Theo had a good visit to the pet yet, vet yesterday. Um, and today I found this new vet and they have a bunch of city uh, locations in the city. And at the Tribeca one, no, not you, not you scrolling your phone when I'm giving like a Theo update. Turning on do not disturb oh. because I don't want to be disturbed. Is that a new phone the- case? Is it Zebra? Yes, I didn't know if you would notice. It's not zebra. So what it is, it's a high contrast phone case, which these are the sorts of patterns that babies like look at because they can see high contrast colors best. So that way, if I'm ever on my phone, like in Charlie's looking at me on my phone, he's actually getting an education. Okay, that makes total sense because other than that, it is fucking ugly. And I was like, I know, but it's, I love um, it. It's in, it's enriching for myself. I love it. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. But before that, I was like, oh my God, it's giving like millennial Chevron 2008. Enrichment. Enrichment. Yeah, so like if I'm like breastfeeding, I'm on my phone and he like looks up. Of course, of course. It's not just like, oh, mommy's on her oblong. It's like, oh, look at this, a game for me. Oblong? It's from Clara and the Sun. Oh, okay. It's like, because he doesn't know what a phone is. No, of course. So it's just like this device. Of course, okay. Well, you know what? I'm I'm glad I asked because the more you know. Yeah, and the brand is Maisel, as in Marvelous Misses, if you'd like to get your own. I'm so, I love that. They could do like a little bit cuter on the high contrast designs. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. It's, it's fine. a moment in time. It's fine. It's a moment in time. It's fine. Um, so I found this new vet and that's where we were yesterday. It's called Your Vet Care. You are Vet Care. And they have locations all over the city. And I was on the website yesterday and I saw they had an herbalist and an acupuncturist. And you know, I was saying yesterday, I'm really open now to all different types of alternative medicine. So today we're going down to the Tribeca location to get Theo seen by an herbalist who's hopefully going to do some acupuncture, which should be really helpful, God willing, you know, if it if it works correctly, um, for his leg pain. So I'm excited about that. Turdy, you're kind of crunchy. No, I'm granola. I'm crunchy. It's really, there's something about like becoming a mother makes you crunchy. 100%. I went to the Holistic Pet Store yesterday. Yeah. Granola tertiara. I mean, I guess, like, I got to granola life by sheer desperation for lack of other options. I don't know if that's how everyone comes to it, but I imagine that's how a lot of people come to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, because it's another option. Um, No, but I think a lot of new mamas, at least, like, mom friends of mine, like, we're all turning crunchy. No, and that's Ben's dream. Ben, like, wants to give up on Western medicine. He thinks it's, like, giving us all cancer. And he's literally, like, Denise Richard's husband. Like, he fully is, like, if it were up to him, like, he would get strep throat and, like, have a tea, you know? But, like, he can't, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, he can't deal with the, like, pain is it just about medicine or is he crunchy about other stuff too like does he make his own potato chips in the air fryer no no no. he's not crunchy like that it's really only about medicine like he really believes in the power of like Chinese herbs eastern medicine and he's always like trying to get me and I'm like please just take Advil and shut the fuck up and he's also loves essential oil right you know he loves eucalyptus so this like us turning to eastern medicine for Theo's care is Ben's absolute dream so does he not want to be doing all the no, he does. scans, he does. radiation? He does. Okay. He does. He's not all in. No, but like I could see one day Ben becoming like a Christian scientist. You know, like they don't believe in like Advil and stuff. Yeah, there's more to that. I think uh, Marjorie Post, we read a book about her. Her family was Christian scientists. That's why they like made a really healthy breakfast. Well, I don't judge anyone for their beliefs. But, like that's something I could never fucking do. Like, do you Just know how many Advil bit? Tums 
Advil, aspirin, like, so, you know how many shits, shits I take a day? Not shits like right. poop, shits like medicines. Okay, but I think on the other side of the argument, it's like you're also putting a ton of shit into your body no, I'm fueling all day. my problems. You're, yes, it's a self-fulfilling thing, whereas if you kind of exited from the whole toxic ecosystem and you were non-toxic and you made your own soap then you wouldn't need to take Advil because you no, wouldn't have these headaches. It's a self-fulfilling thing and I've never been happier. Okay, so leave me alone. I'm just saying, like, I'll add it to the list of one day. She'll become crunchy. I'm crunchy. I'm taking my son to an acupuncturist, okay? You're on your way. I'm on my way. Speaking of music, mm -hmm. Spotify wrapped. We have a story today, so I guess we'll like save that. But that was definitely a big part of my morning. Just and I actually like have a kind of like a conspiracy. My wrapped is not accurate. But that's the whole point, Jackie. It's data driven facts. No, I know, but I can prove it. Oh my God, we're blowing this thing wide open. I can prove it. But I think they might be trying to help me. Is I the investigation later yeah. in the show. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. Stay tuned for the investigation. Oh, wow. It's not bad. I don't think Spotify is doing anything bad. I just feel like they're being dishonest, but maybe for good reason. So Spotify Wrapped is obviously an exciting time of year, but I think it's like more exciting for us because a lot of people don't know this. When you are like a creator on Spotify, like you can go to Spotify and search for us. Um, you get your own set of wrapped statistics that I watched this morning and they're kind of general, but they're, they are interesting and they're, and they're, um, they're just interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll get into them during wrap, shall we? I guess. We also have to your toaster today, so maybe we should just dive right in because we have no time to waste. No, we don't. Without further ado do 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 here are the Fast Five stories that you need to know. And the Fast Five stories that you need to know are brought to you by State Farm. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. The plan is all about being personal to you and your needs. So that means you're getting the coverage you want, a policy that helps cover what's important to you, and an affordable price just for you. Because after all, life is just better when you can personalize your experiences. So think about it like this. From your go-to coffee order to your favorite pair of sweatpants, we know you love to personalize your entire day just like we do let's take it from the beginning breakfast we know Jackie you know engorges herself on 35 of the biggest breakfast tacos you've ever seen in your life and me I just have like a handful of nuts <laughs> so there's just like so many things about our day-to-days -day that are so personal and what's more personal than insurance not comedy not poetry personalization just makes everything better and State Farm believes that insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage, your selections can all be personalized to you. So the next time you are taking your Tesla out of the garage and you scratch and dent the back bumper, like just know that State Farm, like a good neighbor, like they are there, they are there for you and you can feel good, you know, just pulling out of that garage recklessly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary because State Farm believes that insurance should be personal. Your plan, your coverage, and your selections are all personalized by you. So let me just say that one more time in case anybody didn't hear me. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You want to do one? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Today's episode is also brought to you by KiwiCo. Unwrap unwrap <laughs> inspiration with super fun science technology and art projects for kids with KiwiCo with nine different subscription options for different ages and subjects there's something for every kid now I'm not a mother but I am a very 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 
involved auntie. And what I learned, like spending time with kids, is that time moves slow. You know, you get a big fancy toy, they're into it for about 30 seconds. Keeping them stimulated is extremely difficult. You don't want to always be turning to screens. KiwiCo is low-key genius. It's like fun games and stuff, but it's super educational, and it keeps these kids intrigued for long periods of time. So KiwiCo delivers fun hands-on projects that inspire a lifelong love of learning. The projects from KiwiCo spark creative confidence for ongoing tinkering and experimentation. Sure, you can buy a robot, robot, but isn't it way more fun to build your own and way more time-consuming? Next thing you know, the whole day's gone by and it's time for bed. Tested and approved by kids, no crate leaves without approval from their toughest critics, the kids. KiwiCo offers gifts with rich activities for kids of all ages and interests, so give your child the tools to learn new skills, build new experiences, and make new connections to the broader world. Discover hands-on fun with KiwiCo. Get your first month free on any crate line at kiwico.com slash toast. That's kiwico, K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash toast. So that's your first month free at K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash toast, KiwiCo dot com slash toast. Today's episode is also brought to you by Game Time. You should not have to worry when to buy tickets for your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer, killer Trav last minute deals. All in pricing, view from your seats, and their best price guaranteed. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in pricing shows your total upfront, so you know what you're getting and you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. No more of this finding a seat. Oh, look, these are decent. Next thing you know, click, click, click. It's true three times the price because of their like, you know, fraudulence and their fees. No, not with Game Time. They've got all in pricing. The price you see is the price you pay. They have tickets on... They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. Just a great app to have on your phone if you live in a fabulous city like I do. And if you don't live in a fabulous city but you travel, you know, keep it on your phone. You find yourself, you know, in Charlotte. The Bobcats playing? You'll know because Game Time is alerting you to all the fabulous things going on in the city that you're in. With Game Time Guarantee, that means you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code TOAST for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code TOAST for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you, La. You're welcome, Jacqui. And thank you, Game Time, for sponsoring today's episode. Our first story, Spotify Wrap 2023 is here and Spotify is giving their sharing own. the news of their most streamed artist songs albums of the year globally. So the most streamed artist globally of the year was Taylor yes. Swift. Yes. Number 2, Bad Bunny, 3, The Weeknd, 4, Drake, 5, Peso Pluma. I think it's so crazy like every big statistic The Weeknd is on. Do you know what I mean? Like all these lists, he's always on them. And like, I do listen to his music, but I don't know. It just feels like so random to me. Yeah. You know? I feel that. I do. Also, the rest of the list, six is Fide, seven, Travis Scott, eight, SZA, nine, Carol G, 10, Lana Del Rey. Very interesting. Well, this is global, right? Yeah, this is global, but it's... um, I don't know. Some of these are, are pretty surprising. Yeah, and also there's some like people I feel who are notably missing. But I guess because I'm thinking America. Yeah, I was trying to find the American list, but the Spotify wrapped link is like not working. I like I would have thought maybe Olivia Rodrigo would be in there. Or Billie Eilish. Yeah, yeah. Like there are some big names that aren't here. Beyonce. Oh, yeah. 
Beyonce. And Renaissance came out this year, right? Yeah. That's weird. So it's surprising. It is. Now for most streamed songs globally. Okay. Number one, Flowers. You're lying. That's major. That's no. major. Two, Kill Bill by SZA. Wow. Three, As It Was by Harry Styles. That feels right. Yeah. Four, Seven by Jungkook. I don't even know. Oh, I don't know that. I, uh, I think it was in BTS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five, Ella by La Sola by Peso Pluma. Okay. Six, Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. So that's her top song of the year. Yes, but that's interesting. Like her being number one global artist makes total sense, but logically wouldn't then the biggest song be? No, because she might, she has song number six. She has song number 10. She might have 11, right. 12, 13. Right. And Miley only has the one. Right, 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 right. Uh, seven, Creepin' by Metro Boomin, The Weeknd, and 21 Savage. I don't think I know it. Eight, Calm Down, Rema and Selena Gomez. Baby, come down, come down, you told me no way to come down, come down. I don't know if I know it. I only know the drama, like, because Hailey Bieber posted a version that's not the Selena version. Right, right, right. That's all I know about the song. Yeah. Nine, Shakira wow. song. And 10, Antihero, Taylor Swift. Okay, very interesting. I mean, this is obviously the year of Taylor Swift, so none of this is surprising to me. But honestly, Flowers, that's that's huge. Yeah. Miley must be There's, freaking. Like, this is, I feel like, success musically that she's really been, like, searching for for a while. And she's had, like, major bops in the last, you know, five, ten years. But this is next Like level. a global hit. Yeah. yeah. And then for most streamed albums of the year, first, Bad Bunny. Wow. Yeah, but I guess he was off of that all that last list, so he yeah. needed to make up for it in order to be the number two artist. Right. Two, Midnights by mm. Taylor. Midnights become my afternoon. Three, SOS by SZA. Yeah, no, when we were talking about Grammy nominations and stuff, like SZA might sweep. Yeah, and she would As be she right should. to because the songs are really good, but also they have like such commercial success. Yep. And I think it needs to be a mixture of both. Yeah. For Starboy by The Weeknd. Oh my God, The Weeknd is an industry plant. Like, I know he's really famous. Like, everybody knows who he is. But The Weeknd is an industry plant. Like, let me ask you a question. Does anybody, like, if I have a playlist or whatever, like, maybe there's a Weeknd song on there and I always hear him on the radio and, you know, restaurants and stuff. But has anybody, like, ever gone to Spotify and searched, like, The Weeknd just to listen to only The Weeknd? I feel like no. Clearly, people. But, but I don't want to diminish, like, he's extremely talented. I thought his Super Bowl performance was very good. Like, he he is that bitch, but, like, part of this feels plenty. I agree. Okay. Plenty. Make plans. Like, he's just on every list all the time. Yeah. Five, Carol G. Six, One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. Mm. Seven, Lover. Mm. Eight, Heroes and Villains by Metro Boomin. Nine, Genesis by... Peso Pluma, 10 Harry's House by Harry Styles. Well, and Harry's House didn't even come out this year, so that's super impressive. Yeah. Wow. Statistics are so interesting. Who was your number one artist? Luke Holmes. He's every song of mine. Who was yours? So mine was Taylor Swift, but then my top four songs were Luke Holmes. You know what my number one song was? What? Joe. Oh, I feel that. You're always talking about Joe. I love that song, but also it was the first Luke Combs song we had gotten in a while, so I must have listened to it so many times. My first, my top four out of five are Luke Combs songs, and my first one is still 
which I love. Oh. But it wouldn't come to me as like my, it's probably my third favorite song on the album that's like not a single. Right. Uh, so it's just, it must have been in the order in which it was on um, in the album and, and in my like songs, I just kept playing it. I do have a hot take about Wrapped. Oh, okay, wait, hold on. I want to hear the rest of your rap. My one was still two, growing up and getting old, but that's also because it's the first song on the Luke album. So every time I went to press the album, right. that started it. Three, You Found Yours, which I would say is one of my favorites from the album. Mm-hmm. And four, Take You With Me, of course. Okay, so my all five songs, oh no, four out of five were Luke. Number one was Joe. <laughs> so random. I'm like not like a sober queen or anything. It's a song about sobriety. Two, Everything I Love by Morgan Wallen. That feels right. Mm-hmm. Three, Growing Up and Getting Older. Is that the first song on the album? Yes, that's yep. what I just said. Four, You Found Yours. That's definitely one of my favorites from the album. And five, Love You Anyway from Luke Holmes as well. Love. And then my top artists. Mm-hmm. One, Luke Holmes. Let me two, guess. Ta- I was going to say two, Taylor Swift. Three, Morgan Wallen. Am I He's right? four. Okay. He's four. Who would three be? Is it like a kid's who- thing? No. Who is it? Mimi Webb. Oh, I was not going to guess that. Yeah. And then five, you could guess. Who's my queen? Megan Maroney. No. Oh. Who? My big, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, right. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, so honestly, I feel obviously what's like your it's top beta, genre. Uh, pop. Oh, mine's contemporary country. Contemporary country was my second, which is interesting. So my top artist was Taylor Swift, Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, Kelsey Ballerini. And then the fifth, I was like shook by the 1975. Like I definitely got, I definitely got into them this year, but I don't know probably more than five songs. I I must've listened to those five songs a lot. Or I literally don't listen to anything other than my top four artists said like they just threw one in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then where my Spotify rap went wrong, I went to my top songs and I was also very worried this year that my, my Spotify rap would be infiltrated by kids music because like when Harry wants to listen to one song, listen to it, wheels over it. I thought wheels on the bus was going to be like my top five for sure. And it's not even on my playlist. So maybe they are doing intentionally taking off kids songs like, cause there's a couple like that, that you know, that I listen, but then at the bottom, like towards the end of my playlist, Daisy Bo Peep has lost her sheep is on there, which we maybe listen to like, we only listen to it when we listen to the whole Mickey album. So maybe but, like a lot of the Mickey and Wheel songs become ineligible for Wrapped, but they forgot that one, you know? No, and also Donald went to Courtney from the Mickey Mouse album. But it's like, if you're going to put anything from the Mickey Mouse album, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or Hot Dog, like we listen to those a million times. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I mean, I appreciate that they didn't like ruin my playlist, but Donald went to Courton. That's Zach's favorite song, not mine. Do you want to hear some of our toast podcast statistics? Always. So we had an episode this year that 3% of our new listeners started listening to on this particular episode and they stayed with us. And that was our episode on October 7th about Israel, which kind of makes sense because it's like a kind of a diversion from what we normally talk about. So it makes sense that we'd find a new audience there. Yeah, but it's also very heartwarming that because you, you would w- worry that if we talk about such serious subjects that that would deter, you know, deter people because this is a fun, upbeat show. But no, you guys rocked with us. Thank you. And you sent it to your friends and family. We were listened to in 133 countries. 
Obviously, the United States was our top country with 94% of our total streams being from the United States. But our listeners, our, our countries go as such. United States, Canada, UK, Australia, Ireland. And we're always offending them. I know. I'm always like fucking up Irish history. I won't do it anymore. I'm really sorry. Our most shared episode of the year, October 7th. But our most streamed episode of the year, which makes a lot of sense, was August 4th, our final episode before your maternity leave. That does make a lot of sense. We charted for a total of 40 weeks, which I feel like is What happened the other 12? Well, no, no. Well, I feel like it's all of them because the weeks, like starting now, don't count towards wrapped. True. And then we are also, plus maternity leave. Right. We're off for a month. We crushed that. We We charted every week. We are in the top 10% of charting podcasts. We could work on that. I don't know what that really means. No, it's like, uh, wait, hold on. Of the ones that chart, we're in the top 10%. Okay, that's pretty good. I thought it was top 10% of podcasts. I'm like, we can get better. No, no, of ones Um, that chart. So of the elite. Of the elite, we are top 10. Okay. We saw some nice growth this year. 112% increase in streams. That's a lot. I know. I was shook by that. And we are a top podcast. Like, we are the number one show for 250,000 people. That's crazy, especially because most of our listeners don't listen on Spotify. Right. And most of our listeners listen to a lot of other shows. Like, we, may, we they might listen to us, but they also probably, like, maybe they have a different favorite podcast. But we are the favorite. Right. right. That is crazy. But also, maybe some, maybe those are some Apple users, too, who, like, when the episode didn't go to Apple one day, right. they listened on Spotify, and now it's their number one show on Spotify. So I find those wrapped data graphics from the Spotify for creators account that we have I find that more interesting than like my personal music taste like I could have told you my personal music taste fascinating stuff no I like to see my personal music taste it's like is it what I think it is or am I secretly listening to a ton of something but I don't identify as a that person fan right right you know what I mean no I do but uh, no I'm very consistent like Luke through and through Luke it was a Lukey year as it was yes the Luke's where Luke's. Luke's comes. Luke's comes. And what I also like about Spotify Wrapped is like we all know it's coming every year, but they always like sneak it up on us. It's not like we it know feels it's early. coming today. No, it like drops in the middle of the night and it's so exciting to wake up to. And I like that. I like it too. What are your thoughts on A, people sharing on their Instagrams their own personal Wrapped? I'm okay with it as long as I'm interested in you, which is really like anything else. And then what are your thoughts on, you know, podcasters or like creators sharing however many times they got tagged and like someone being like, yay, the toast is my, like I shared a few this morning on the toast, maybe three or four, but I think maybe I'll stop there. No, I love it. It's nice. I love it. And also when other podcasters do it, when I've seen it, like when they share a bunch, I'm I'm impressed. So like, why not us impress? Okay. Just to impress, Turdy Lou. Okay. Yeah, no, it doesn't bother. Like, if there's an influencer who I like, yeah, I want to see what you got down to this year. What are you about? Go, go. I just feel like no one would be surprised by what we're about because we're such consistent, genuine influencers, authentic. Right, right, right. Right. Are you ready for our next story? Someone who didn't make Spotify wrapped, um, Casey Musgraves and her poet, poet boyfriend, Cole Schaefer, have broken up after two years of dating. I didn't even know they were still together. Like, I remember them being spotted and then, like, it was over. So I thought they were over. You know, nobody ever, the paparazzi caught them and they never followed them around. So I just thought, like, it was a one-time deal. 
No, they were together. They had a blissful romance for two years, but it's come to an end. Sources told Page Six that the relationship has been over for at least a month and say it's all the buzz in Nashville where the former couple resides. They've even stopped following each other on Instagram. Um, cool. I love Casey Musgraves. I kind of wanted more for her in her next relationship. You know, maybe someone like on her level, fame wise. So I'm not going to cry tears over this. I do want Queen to be happy. And I think a breakup is good for, you know, the creative juices. Yeah. So I think we'll be getting good music out of it. But I'm not going to, you know, no love lost for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know him. Um, maybe they wrote some nice poetry together. Well, maybe he was helpful for her art. Liz Woods did like a funny thing on her Instagram story about this. Like, how can you be a poet full time? Like in this day and age, like, how do you make a living off of being a poet? You could write greeting cards. You could write a book of poetry, I guess. A book. Well, let's look at his work. Like you get published like, where do they publish poetry? Like, if you're a writer, like, short stories, you know, they put, you get your short stories published in, like, in big magazines. They pay you for that. But, like, how do you make money as a poet? Um, you could also, maybe, like, literary magazines. Yeah, he said on his website, um, I'm a multi-hyphenate writer sing, slinging ink in a number of different genres ranging from poetry, short fiction, memoir, and spoken word. Oh, okay. So he's more of a writer than a poet. Yes, and I don't want to, I'm just, like, accustomed to never clicking someone's LinkedIn link because yeah, of like, then they see it. But like, why would I care if he sees? I'm not even logged into LinkedIn. I don't even have a LinkedIn. Um, I think he has a job. Oh, he's a, a creative director and copywriter for Honey Copy. Oh, he's got a job. Yeah. And then he has a really long about him like that, that I think is a, a sample of his writing. Oh, okay. Okay. That's nice. Are you? Are you, you don't have, no no please please I'm literally begging you with every fiber of my being not to read that like for real. There's a screen separating us. It's the same screen separating you and the people that could be your customers. It's everywhere. It's beautiful. It's giving it's, AI generated. It's staggering what a boot costs. It's packed full of endless opportunity, but it doesn't come without a few drawbacks. Chilling. I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, so let's play a game and maybe we should add her to our list. Oh, She's yes. a very eligible girly. And I didn't even know that she'd been in a two-year relationship, so she probably should have been on the list before, but now she's officially single. So who can we set her up with? Let's see who's available. But Keenan she, like, Thompson. She doesn't like to date famous people. Maybe not yet. Maybe she's had enough of like, oh, you know who I could see her with? Who? Bill Hader. Honestly, because she looks like all the girls he's previously dated, like Rachel Bilson, same vibes. Yeah. Uh, Josh Groban, even though he has a girlfriend. Wait, Casey Musgraves and Josh Groban is the greatest couple of all time. Think of the music. Think of them. Somebody needs to set them up, even though I believe he's in like a very committed relationship. Yes, he is, but I'm leaving him on the list. <laughs> no ring, no list. <laughs> um, Keenan. Keenan and Casey. I'd like to believe that these two, honestly, because honestly, like Casey's kind of goofy. When I say ye, you say ha, you know? Yeah. She is goofy, but I also think she's so serious. And no, I don't think it would work. I don't think there's anyone on the list for her. What about Joe Manganiello? Even though he's with someone. And I think they're having a baby. 
are yeah i think right too so maybe not but like no there's no one on the list for her i agree with you it's going to be you know an artist um, right like a taylor swift formerly like a joe Alwyn. Alwyn. honestly totally no i feel like she could eat him for breakfast no totally that's the funniest saying eating him for breakfast yeah yeah but like you know exactly what i mean of course she would eat him for breakfast (laughs) nom nom bon appetit i'm so ready for our next story yeah what'd you have for lunch yesterday Oh, I went from here to the vet. Oh, no, I don't. Uh, no, I don't know what you had. I had, I mean, I don't know why it's so hard. I think I had uh, turkey. 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 Yeah, I had a lay lunch and then I had like a big delicious dinner. I made egg what noodles. What did you have for dinner? Egg I made noodles? Egg noodles, which is one of my favorite things to eat. And I did like fancy. So I drained the egg noodles. I put them back on the stove. Butter, cheese, rayos. Oh, wow. It was really good. Yum. Yeah. I did that. My eye is twitching so bad. Like, uh, Just keep it closed. I need to get an eye patch, honestly. Okay. I'm going on like three weeks of this fucking eye twitch. I'm sorry. And it always shows up at inopportune times, you know? Yeah. Are you ready for our next story, which is some relationship news? Yes. Megan Fahey and Leo oh, I know. Woodall I know. share a kiss at the Bowery Hotel. So the two White Lotus three co-stars couple uh, couldn't keep their hands off each other Monday night at New York City's Bowery Hotel. So these two are confirmed together. And I didn't watch their season, but were they a couple? No, no. He was, he was with that annoying wench, Portia. But they were both on White Lotus season three. So this is an on-set romance. Yeah, but I don't think they literally had one singular scene together. So I don't even know when they would have met. But I'm press, obsessed. junkets. Yeah, no, I'm obsessed. He's so handsome. And I just watched an episode of Gossip Girl and Megan Fahey was a character. Who was she? Chuck was trying to get a meeting with this like big time businessman. And she was his assistant. And she ended up being like a, like a sleuth. Yeah. Wow. It was kind of amazing. That's a great thing about Gossip Girl because it was so long ago and it launched many careers. Like there are a lot of people on it. Um, Jessica Pearson from Suits plays Vanessa's mom. Oh. And I also just got to the part I did not know like Hilary Duff had like a four episode cameo where she plays like a famous person who dates Dan. Sure. Um, And ends up having a spoiler alert threesome with Dan and Vanessa like me and Ben were like, this is not real. I did not remember any of this happening. I remember that. And when we first saw her in the first episode that she was on, I'm like, oh, okay, she did an episode. No, she had like an arc. She had a multi-episode no. arc. She was on the show, casted. Yeah. It was shocking. Now, I'm, I'm very deep into Gossip Girl, and I think I can make some generalizations if I will. Sure. Hands down, it's a tie for who the worst character is. Serena. Serena. And or Jenny Humphrey. It just depends. Like, she gets good and then she gets bad. But she's really just an awful, awful person. Yeah. Best character. I mean, Blair. But honorable mention, honestly, Lillian Rufus. Yeah. Lily. Okay, Rufus is really the moral compass of the show. Yeah. And when you watch it as a kid, maybe you're like, he's annoying. Like, let the kids be kids. But he's an amazing dad and facts. Everything he says, facts. Like... (laughs) 
no, you can't go to, you know, Guadalajara in the middle of the night. Like the kids are nuts. They're always just going places. And Lily, she's like a little bit more relaxed, but she's a very good. Okay. So I just got to the episode where Serena is dating Army Hammer. And Army Hammer is this big tech guy and he's raising money. And so Serena invites him to the co-op board meeting of Lily and Rufus's building so he can pitch people. So I think he literally ends up getting a million dollars from like a bunch of different people. And that night he runs away with it, just like Chuck and Blair said he would. Right. So Serena's freaking out trying to fix this herself. And Lily's like, no, because if people find out about this, you're going to look like a fraud con woman. So what I'm going to do is tell everyone that the investment fell through and give them their money back and I will pay it off personally. Queen, what a thing to do. And of course, Serena's like, no, mom, I can fix this. Oh, God, I can't with fucking Serena. And I just got through the trip episodes where she's a dumb bitch and a half. And then right after the whole trip thing, she's dating Nate. I can't with these people. Serena is the fucking worst. Serena's the worst at, I think, because she's like meant to be like a sweet, we're supposed to like her. She's so reckless. But Jenny is like obviously the worst, but we all hate her. Like No, and she has bad intentions. Like she is evil, Jenny. Serena's just fucking annoying. And just dumb and just really thinks she knows best. Yeah. I like I'm at the point where Chuck and Blair are together. And I know that because I remember she ends up almost marrying this prince. So I know that they break up at some point soon. And then, of course, they're endgame. But they don't make it easy for us the whole time. But I'm just really loving living in Chuck and Blair being together and like living together. And he's this businessman. Like, I just love it. I know it's going to end soon, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. So a little almost casting news. You probably haven't heard. My favorite news. Bradley Cooper wanted Howard Stern to play his brother in A Star is Born. The role eventually went to Sam Elliott. You know him. Right, right. Mustache. 1883, mustache man. Mm -hmm. Um, But he wanted Howard Stern to shave his head and take the role. Is Howard Stern an an actor, a patron of, of the arts? Well, he had his movie. He did? Yeah, there's like a movie based on his book. It was like a biopic and he played himself. People say that we say the word biopic wrong. It's biopic. And that's just never going to work for me. It's a biopic. Potato, potato. Because it's biographical. So biopic. And it's, and a, it's bio, a flip. And then it's a picture. Right. Biopic. Biopic? Uh, no. That sounds like a, Myopic. Sur- a sort of sur- surgery. Having yes. a biopic. Bio- <laughs> yeah. So, no, Theo, we're going to get him a myopic. Biopic. Yeah. It's biopic. Eat my ass. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so yeah, he almost played the half brother manager, but Sam Elliott crushed it. Like he's was he was amazing. amazing. So yeah, this I doesn't I don't hurt me. No, not at all. But I did see a bunch of clips from this interview. It's obviously like making waves. And Howard Stern asked Bradley Cooper, "Would you rather for this? Uh, he's doing with Carrie Mulligan. Is it the Leonard Bernstein film? Is that what he's doing press for? Yeah." Is it? That's already out? He, I don't know if it's out yet, but that's what he's doing all this press for. Just what is Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan doing together? And okay, he's also that, directing. What would Carrie Mulligan be doing in the movie? Maestro. That has is to that, be about Leonard Bernstein. He's a music composer. N- uh, a graceful portrayal of Felicia Bernstein. Yeah. Okay. So he said, and I guess Bradley Cooper's directing it. Wow, a movie about a Jewish man, not a Jew in sight. Um, 
I'm like, yeah, that's what I was saying. What is Carrie Mulligan doing no, in the totally. Jewish flick? Like, give it to Alex Bornstein. Like, give it to someone. Um, no. So he, and obviously it's a film that's very close to Bradley's heart. He's directing it. I think he was really involved in it. So he said, would you rather win the Oscar for Bernstein, have Carrie Mulligan win the Oscar, and you also win the Oscar for Best Director, or the Eagles win the Super Bowl? <laughs> and he said, the Eagles. Really? He didn't even flinch. He was like, no question. I don't believe him. Duh. I mean, how like vapid would he be if he said the first one? Well, no, but also the Eagles winning their their sports game. Like when you really whittle it down, it's a game. Well, no. I mean, you could say the same for both. Like these are like you know rich actors like acting for millions of dollars being yeah, rewarded for, like, for fake that awards that they just pat themselves on the back for. No, but and they're, they're both, social like, constructs. They're both social constructs. No, the Super Bowl is not a social construct. Actually, it's the opposite because it's based on numbers. Like, there's no oh, there's no in, strategy or formula for why someone wins the Oscar over someone else. Okay, it's subjective. no, I understand what you're saying, but the, in the sense that like they've the Super Bowl itself like is a social contract that we've all propped up. But I agree, no, it's I, not. I, it's because it's literally based on winning. Like, it's based on no, numbers. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but you're just not understanding what I'm saying. That's entirely possible. <laughs> Regardless, that's very interesting. And I just feel like he will look like a loser if he had said the first one. Yes, It's like I a agree. funnier, more relatable answer to say the second one. Yeah. But don't get it twisted. That's not the truth. That's crazy that that Bernstein movie is out and that it's out now. Like, yikes for Bradley Cooper. Yikes for Bradley Cooper, like, championing one of the greatest Jewish musicians of all time and dating Gigi Hadid, one of the largest known anti-Semites of our time. Like, uh, it's the math ain't mathing for me. And I know his the Leonard Bernstein family was not mad about the nose, but I thought the nose was literally the most unnecessary thing ever. Like, Leonard Bernstein didn't literally has the same exact nose as Bradley Cooper's God-given nose, like, yeah, and I saw no, him it's a little dramatic, but also like the nose is just it's not the, our biggest problem right now. So I'm not gonna like get the nose into isn't the our biggest problem right now. Gigi Hadid is right, right. I don't even care about the nose, but like the Bernstein family, what are you doing? Yeah, no, I don't know. It's all weird. I wonder if Gigi will go to the premiere. It's so weird. Like Leonard Bernstein's whole thing was Israel, loving Israel. He went to Israel in 1967 when they were at war to play for the troops of Israel because he wanted to support Israel because he believes in the Jewish state. Like, no, it's, it's we're talking about this uh, the weirdness more. I didn't. That's why I was shocked that Bernstein is what's coming out now. Because like, how? No, it's so true. They should premiere the film in Israel. <laughs> that is crazy. No, I know. I wonder if it's any like good or accurate or I'm sure it's good. I don't know. Napoleon's not. Oh, you didn't, you heard it wasn't good, Napoleon? Yeah. The reviews are in and it's like it's abysmal. Bad. It's bad, yeah. And it's in a, like an affront to Napoleon and his legacy, I think. And like just like not a good, yeah, bad. Wow. So it can be done. It can be bad. It can be. That's so true. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Am I ready for our fifth and final story? I no. think you are. Oh, okay. I think you're ready because okay. it's something that we were talking about yesterday. Okay. And sort of. But Mark okay. Cuban is selling his majority <gasps> stake okay. in the Dallas I'm so Mavericks. glad you're bringing this up. Something's going on with Mark Cuban and we have to get down to the bottom of it. But okay, here's what's key because I sent this right when I saw it. I sent it to Zach because he's obviously a huge Mavs fan. And he said that Mark will still have a, like shares in the franchise and will still be running the team. But he's not the majority owner. 
No, he's selling it to the Adelson family. Israeli, we love. What is that sound? That was uh, the press conference about. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, now, I want to know if these two pieces of information that were dropped on back-to-back days are, like, is it coincidence? No, Mark Cuban no. is restructuring his business. Something's going on with Mark Cuban. I find this so interesting because I feel like, you know, he's super successful. And I wouldn't even say that the Dallas Mavericks is his biggest, you know, money earner because he has so many billion-dollar companies. But it's the thing he's most proud of. And I think it's the thing he's most, like, in love with. And I think it's also the thing he's most known for. Fame-wise. Maybe he's fame. taking a step back from fame. Because both of these things are like the two things we know him for fame-wise. Sharks and the Mavericks. The Sharks versus the Jets. Or he has a huge project coming up that he needs, that he all needs of his money time. For. And he needs money. Like billions. Because they bought yeah. uh, $3.5 billion was the valuation for the team. No, I'm so intrigued by this. This is fishy. Fishy! Yeah. Or, like, I think I saw a comment, like, maybe he's trying to take time away to spend more time with his family and enjoy his success, which I, I love that, and that would be my reason, too. But but why do you have to sell the team? Why not continue on, like... No, it sounds like his new job is more, you know, involved. If there is a new job. Right, most owners just own the team. Like, they bring in management and GMs. Like, they don't spend all day working on the strategy. Yeah, but I think that he's always done that and he loves doing like that's what makes him part of the Mavericks as opposed yeah. to other owners who just own. Like he we don't does, even know their names. He does oversee the basketball operations. Like he's intrinsically tied to the Mavericks whereas other owners, do they just like, you know, oh, this is my team. Say hello. Yeah. Say hello to my little team. It's, you know what it is? It's interesting. It's interesting. And I feel like there will be more news about what Mark Cuban is doing because he's obviously... I think it's a restructuring of the business, I do. And then when I heard that he sold it to the Adelson family, I wanted, I wanted to refresh my memory, you know, how did the Adelson family make their fortune? And, you know, it's never what you think. Charter buses. Hmm. I, like, I feel like we're thinking too small, you know, about how to become billionaires. Like, it's always the random shit. You think we're thinking small or we're thinking too big? No, I think we're thinking, like, you know, obviously, like, tech, lottery. That's small? Yeah, you got to think random. Like, remember when we were in Turks and Caicos and we did that jet ski tour and we passed this enormous house and yeah. the jet ski leader was like, oh, that house belongs to some guy. And we're like, oh, how, you know, who is he? He said, he literally has a patent on a door. It's always the random shit. Yeah. We got to get a door patent. Yeah. Instead, we're doing this. Right. Like trying to be famous and it's never going to happen. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, yeah. All right. Well, the show's not over yet because we have Dear Toasters, which yeah. I'm excited about, which are brought to you by Skims. We want to tell you guys about underwear that we're obsessed with. It's the Fits Everybody collection from Skims, and we feel like it's their best kept secret. The feeling is like no other underwear that we've worn before. It's very stretchy, important, and soft. It just kind of melts onto your body, and you forget you're wearing it. We love it, and we think everybody should experience this level of comfort. Skims is just a great brand, a trustworthy brand. They are creating the next generation of underwear for everybody. So I love all, I mean, I talk a lot about the bralettes and the bras from Skims, how they really, really helped my back. I stand by that. They create products for women. Women. All Real women. women. Busty women. You know, that means we need comfort, but we also need support. So the bras from Skims, a favorite. I love the racer back bralette. I also, it's the fits everybody one. I also just love their t-shirt bras. That's what I wear almost every day. Jackie, I know your boobs are like always changing. 
with motherhood. You know, they're big, they're small, they're here, they're there. Um, and Skims has just been a great resource for us, honestly, for pre, post, anti-partum, anti-hood. Yeah. yeah. No, they're the best things to wear around the house, but I'm in my era of out of the house, too. I love right. the bralettes. So cozy. Jackie's supported. bralette that you like is the scoop bralette. Mine is the racerback bralette. The Fits Everybody collection of underwear. Girl. The Fits Everybody collection of underwear is super lightweight and it molds to your body. The buttery soft fabric stretches to twice its size without ever losing shape, meaning you get a, get a perfect fit every time. They have it from extra, extra small to 4X. So believe the hype. Skims has over 90,000 five-star reviews for a reason. The Fits Everybody collection and more perfect fit essentials are available now at skims.com. Plus, we're getting you free shipping on orders of over $75. After you place your order, be sure to let them know that the toast sent you. Select podcast in the survey and be sure to select the toast in the drop down menu that follows. Today's episode is also brought to you by Manscaped. Mary Ballsmith from our friends at Manscaped. Ladies, the holidays are approaching, and what if we told you that the perfect gift does exist? Santa's helpers have been working hard to bring you Manscaped's brand new performance package 5.0 Ultra for the man in your life. Who doesn't love the gift of smooth balls? Okay, I wanted to say, I was hoping we were having a Manscaped ad soon because obviously Manscaped is fabulous. I'll tell you all about their products. Ben loves the ear, nose, and hair, ear, ear, nose, ear, and nose trimmer, the beard trimmer, everything. But we recently used our Manscaped for something new and it was amazing. And that was when we had to shave Theo's butthole. We have shaved actually a lot of his body just to keep it clean while he's doing these treatments. And let me tell you, Theo didn't even move. He didn't even feel it. It was so smooth. And I just think that's a ringing endorsement. I thought it, would be, it was worth mentioning. So the Performance Package 5.0 is a bundle for the man in your life who deserves it all. So the Lawnmower 5.0, the Weed Whacker 2.0, that's the ear and nose trimmer, and their liquid formulations. Plus, you're getting two free gifts when you get the Performance Package 5.0. So the gift of Manscaped doesn't stop there. The bu bundle comes with two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers. And the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag. Men like don't have pouches like we do and they need, they need them. them. And this is the one. Get 20% off and free shipping with code toast at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code toast. Gift him manscaped and unwrap your favorite present this year. Code T-O-A-S-T at manscaped.com. All right. Are you ready for Dear Toasters, which is our weekly advice segment where once a week, usually Wednesdays, depending on programming, we will... Answer some of your inbound inquiries. A lot of you guys need advice from us. So deartoasters at gmail.com is where you can send your submissions. You can also go to thetoastpodcast.com. There's a little box there. It's anonymous. We'll never include your name. Totally safe with us. And we've got three unique ones today. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm not. I can't find it. Where's Pages app. I don't ever understand this thing. Uh, okay. Oh, I thought this one was interesting. Ready? Mm-hmm. Hi, Jackson Claude. I'm writing to get the opinion of two proud Jewish queens on something my husband and I have been talking about lately. We are gay. He's Jewish and I was raised Christian, but his temple has been nothing but welcoming and lovely. We are part of their interfaith program. You look you know, confused. Two man. Two, yeah, they're gay. That's what gay means. You know, for sure. But I just assumed this was a woman just because yeah, no, like no. it's usually it's a usually, woman. Yeah. And I'm like, man and woman, gay? Okay. So he, he's Christian man, Please husband... Start can you read that sentence again? We're gay. I'm ready to get the opinion of two proud Jewish queens on something my husband and I have been talking about lately. We are gay. He's Jewish. I was raised Christian. His temple has been nothing but welcoming and lovely, and we are a part of their interfaith program. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. We always knew that we wanted to raise our kids Jewish, and with everything going on in the world, you know it's now progressive to want Jews wiped from the face of the earth, we are more resolute than ever. The only thing I am struggling with is do you think there's going to be a disconnect later on with my kids with me not being Jewish? Is that going to be an important part of their identity that I miss out on? 
sincerely an interfaith toaster. So they're going to raise their kids Jewish, but I don't think he's planning on converting. Got it. So I don't have personal experience with this, but I feel like we know people and I have friends and like you've heard stories. Like I don't think that that there will be a disconnect if there is no disconnect. If like, it's just something, if you're all about it, just like they are, it will just be like, oh, my dad is Jewish and my dad is not Jewish. And oh, plenty of kids grow up like that and grow up to be proud Jews. It's just about what you teach them. No, and the cool thing is, it's like you can always convert. Like if you do find down the road that you feel like left out or something, or like there is a disconnect, just convert. Like it's, yeah. always, it's always something you can do. You don't have to yeah. do it now, but it's like a backup plan. Totally. This sounds so nice. Like I'm obsessed. Yeah. And if you're like in the interfaith programming, you're taking them to synagogue and that's just like a part of your life. I think there will not be a disconnect. Me neither. As long as like you take it seriously and like you have respect and love for the faith, which it seems like you do. Right. I think your kids are very lucky to have both of you and you sound great. great. Obsessed. That was nice. Um, okay. Next one. I'm having trouble with my iPad today. Happens okay. to the best of us. I wanted, to, I wanted to choose. Oh, I thought this one was interesting. I keep saying that. <laughs> Dear Jackson Trudy. Hi, girlies. I recently decided to get sober. I'm going about four months strong. I'm planning my wedding festivities this year, and I was wondering if I could get your advice on how to approach my bachelorette party. All of my friends who will be in attendance love to drink, and I want them all to still feel like they can drink and have fun. But I'm concerned how they will be with me not drinking and the overall vibe of the bachelorette weekend. Any advice on how to approach this? Thanks so much, and love you dearly. I feel like it doesn't need to be an approach at all. Like, I feel like when anyone goes on a bachelorette party, like, they are going to do, do their what thing. they want to do. Because you still have to remember, like, it's their vacation. They paid for this. Like, I'm not not drinking for one person or drinking for another person. Like, I'm me. I'm going to do what feels right to me. So I think as long as they know, like, do whatever you want, whether that's drink a lot or a little, and it's just a overall place where everyone can just do whatever they want, I don't think there needs to be, like, rules set in. No, I have two things, three things to say. One, I do think you should tell your friends, like, by the way, I'm totally comfortable. Like, I want you to have fun. This is like for all of us. Because I think they're probably thinking, well, we're going on a bachelorette party, but she's sober. What should we do? What's appropriate? We don't want to be disrespectful. So I think you can tell them how you're feeling. Also, I would just caution a little bit because bachelorette parties are like notoriously, you know, overconsumption vibes. And it's only been four months. And I think if you don't want people to drink, like, I think that's okay too. Because there are ways to have bachelorette parties. Like, you could do a spa weekend. Yeah. Is she sober or she just hasn't been drinking? I recently decided to get sober and I'm going four months strong. Okay. So, that's amazing. But, like, you could also do, like, a low-key spa weekend. There's a million different things you could do for a bachelorette party that don't include drinking. So, I would just think, I would think hard about, like, if you think you're ready for that. It's a, it's a lot. But I would also be okay with everyone just showing up as they are. Like, if people want to not drink out of respect to you, like, that's really nice. And they should do that. And if they want to drink what you want them to drink, then that's good, too. Like, yeah, it's, there's nothing bad. No, I would just, like, think very hard about. That's a separate thing. If, about if you your really decision. If you're doing it, like, for them or for you. Yeah. Because you want to be, like, buzzkill bride. But, like, honestly, I feel like when you go on a lot of bachelorette parties, if somebody was, like, we're going to do like a low key one that's like going to be, you know, still really nice. We're going to go to a gorgeous spa, but like it's not going to be drinking heavy. I'd be like, thank God. Yeah. Like I'm, a break. I, I would be so down. Right. So people might surprise you. Yeah. But I guess my advice would be like, if you really, really are, like you feel very strongly that you are ready for this, just tell them. You're like, by the way, it's not weird. Like, do you? We're going to have so much fun. It's kind of how like so many people like 
have one night stands and like hook up with people on bachelorette parties when the bride fundamentally right. cannot do that. Right, right. So the, it's, the I other think it's girls okay. are always going to be rowdier. Right. Okay, ready for our third one? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, this one was funny. <laughs> I'm writing in because something horrifically embarrassing happened to me and I need advice, but I mostly need to unburden myself. After a long day at work, I will often go home and take the edge off with a little weed, pot, marijuana, whatever you will. While I'm high, I just usually like scroll on my phone. I s- smoke. She's not giving up smoke. <laughs> While I'm high, I'll usually whoa, just scroll. I'm not going in that smoke. By the way, I said it with the same, whoa, I'm not going in that lake intonation. (laughs) While I'm high, I'll usually scroll my phone mindlessly doing random bullshit. About a month ago, I did partake in my after work retreat and I was doing the usual scrolling through my phone and also having a side conversation with my roommate. I was scrolling on Instagram, just basically liking every photo that went by. Little did I know the entire time I was mindlessly scrolling and liking, I was on someone's profile liking, yes, every single photo of hers. This girl is someone I met in college, but honestly, we were never friends and I can't even remember a conversation that we've had. So she had to have gotten at least 50 50 notifications for me liking every single one of her Instagram photos, literally mortifying and I'm just like haunted by it. I had to unburden myself. Thanks, ladies. Love you. Yeah, that's an unburdening yourself. There's no solving this. There's only releasing it. There's only releasing it, but also maybe th- this should just help you like think critically about who you follow. Like, why are you following some girl from college who you've never even had a conversation with? Yeah. Like, you need but to protect but your... But it's almost better that it happened theme. with someone that she doesn't have to answer to. Like, no, but okay, let's say this was like, you know, someone you're close with and you can be honest with and they're like, the next day, they're like, what the hell? Right, but then you you're only like, following I was five high. people. And you know what? Keep your circle close. Yeah. Like, if you keep your circle hella close, nothing really embarrassing can happen to you. That's the lesson for me always. Yeah, but I do follow a bunch. Of, you like to follow people you used to know on Instagram. That's why you have a, a second Instagram account that's completely anonymous. Like a normal person? I thought that you detoxed from your Finsta. I actually did. I'm like clean. I'm like two months clean of my Finsta. I thought about it the other day. I used to literally check it once a day. I was not okay. And I actually feel better, for real. And I did, I naturally stopped using it. It's not like I was like, I'm quitting. Yeah. I feel amazing. I know, I can't, I really can't talk about it. No, because I feel like for a Finsta, it's either people that like you hate. And so you're like looking at them to hate on them. And that's not healthy. Or it's like people that you're like kind of clowning on. But you find yourself like engaging all their content. You're their fan. And you should just follow them from your real account is how I feel. Like if it's really just to like hate follow, like you're a fan. It's okay. Just follow. No, the fan, the hate, like the hater to fan pipeline is extremely small. Mm -hmm. It's literally just like But then there's the other sect of Finsta where it's your enemies that you're checking in on. Oh, I do that too. That's just unhealthy. You shouldn't follow those people from your personal. You shouldn't keep up with them. Keep up with them at all because then you're just holding on to that. Yeah. So, um... When it comes to like actual tactical advice for you. There's no advice. It's LOL. Um, it happened. Good thing. You it's it's really, it's, it's harmless. Harmless. Just I'm sure if you told her the truth, she'd be like, LOL. You know, yeah. what is she, a narc? Yeah. Watch, she's a cop. <laughs> well, that's Dear Toasters, our weekly advice segment where you girlies can write in about truly anything and we'll do our absolute best to help you in your time of need. And if we have helped you in your time of need and you have an update for us, please send us. We are waiting for you to send us an update. Just write us an email, deartoasters at gmail.com and put update in the search bar, in the subject line. Like, we're waiting for you. The toasters are waiting for you. And it's kind of rude to like take our advice and just run away and like live happily ever after. Like, what happened? Yeah. That. 
¿Qué pasó? Yeah. That's our show. Toast Wrapped. Toast Wrapped. Oh, that's totally the name of today's episode. Oh, I feel like we might have called it that last year when we talked about... Well, we are consistent. Yeah. Maybe... We're consistent, except we're 110% up in streams. Oh, yeah. Toast Wrapped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did we call it that last year? How... Uh... No, I don't see any a show called Toast Wrapped. Well, Toast Wrapped it is, y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast and Millennial Morning Show where we deliver the past five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, IR Radio, CastBox, all the places. Maybe listen to podcasts. Find out the Toast, leave a five-star review about a beautiful stunning and woo! Goodly talented we are. Have a great day. We'll see you in the latter half of the week. That's tomorrow. Can't Love wait. ya. Love ya. Bye.